Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journeys, and how they manage their mental health along the way. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time. Hear from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist, host of this podcast, and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling. I specialize in maternal mental health, if you haven't guessed already. I'll share helpful tips and techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, as well as bring on other mamas so you can gain from their history, their stories, maybe some gems that you can apply to your motherhood journey. And of course, I also have on professionals in the maternal mental health space that might be able to offer additional techniques and resources to help you along the way. So I'm so excited to welcome our guest mama on today's episode. I always like to start the episode by thanking our moms for joining this community and for sharing with us their beautiful story. This is no different. I want to do the same to you. I give you my full support and compassion as you share your your birth story, your experiences in motherhood, and any other um, information that might be helpful for other moms and other listeners out there. Um, and I can't wait to, again, pick up some gems from your story that might be helpful within my own motherhood experience. So without further ado, please share with us a little bit about who you are and any other information that might be helpful in us getting to know you a bit better. Okay. Um, so first, thank you for um, welcoming me on to your podcast. Um my name is Lauren Akinabu. I have a nine-month-old baby. His name is Brayden. Um, he will be 10 months old in two weeks, so pretty bittersweet about that because he's growing up. Um, I have a background in nutrition and also lactation, but um, after I had Brayden, I decided to um, become a stay-at-home mom full-time. Um, so I'm at home with him right now full-time, and I'm definitely enjoying that. Great, great. I think that a lot of moms that I have engaged with on the podcast are going to really like to hear your perspective about being a stay-at-home mom and um, the many ways in which you are able to navigate that and still navigate self. So before I jump ahead to all of that, share with us uh, at any point where you'd like to start with your birth story. It could be with, you know, y'all first finding out about your little bundle of joy or, you know, walking us through what pregnancy was like, wherever okay. you'd like to begin. Okay. So I will start off when we first found out. Um, it was a week before Christmas. So um, it was on a Sunday. Um, my husband actually, he knew before I knew. So he actually was like, um, let's buy a pregnancy test. Oh, wow. Because I had been tired sleeping. When I came home from work, I would just get in the bed and I would just sleep for hours. So we knew something was up because I'm not normally asleep. I'm just up doing stuff around the house. So that's kind of what triggered him to think, oh, I think something's going on. So he bought the test um, and we tested it, of course. 
me being a woman, I, I did it multiple times to make sure. So we had like three pregnancy tests, but um, it, infer- it indeed confirmed that I was pregnant. And I had my first prenatal appointment um, pretty early. So it was about a few weeks after. So I found out that I was pregnant extremely early. So um, I got to enjoy every single minute of the pregnancy, literally. Um, I will definitely say that my pregnancy was enjoyable. Um, I wasn't sick at all. I didn't struggle with anything throughout the pregnancy. Um, All the tests came back negative, so I didn't have any problems with anything. I would say the most uncomfortable part was just getting towards the end when you start to get uncomfortable and also being pregnant in the heat of the summer. That was um, one thing that was hard on me. But other than that, um, he treated me really well during pregnancy. So I thank him for that all the time. Um, Getting closer to when Brayden arrived, um, I went almost a week over my due date. Um, I was having contractions for over a week. So, I mean, I was still working, fighting through those contractions, um, walking, doing whatever it took to get him here. Um, I had a prenatal appointment, I think, that week after, and um, they scheduled me for induction. And on the morning of induction, um, I was supposed to call them at 9 a.m., but I woke up at 5 a.m., and the contractions started hitting hard. Mm-hmm. So whereas I could walk and do all the other stuff through the other contractions, I could tell that was different. And that was one of my concerns with um, not having any symptoms or anything during pregnancy. I was wondering how would I know when it's time and um, when I needed to head to the hospital, like I, I didn't know what to expect. But in that moment, I knew that it was time because those contractions hit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we headed to the hospital, um, we got checked in, um, we got changed and everything. Of course, they hooked us up to the fetal monitors, um, and did the cervix checks and all that. Um, when they started the checks, they told me that my labor was progressing really fast for a first labor. Um, so I got up to about seven centimeters and it was pretty quick. So within me being there, within like 30 minutes, I got to about seven centimeters. Um, So after that, um, I just started getting really hot. And it was like I was sweating and I had chills and stuff. I started running like a high fever, and it was unexplained once I got to seven centimeters. Um, Of course, they started testing me for different things. Everything came back negative, so they didn't know why I was running a fever. Um, of course, they tested me for COVID um, because it was the, the peak of COVID. So I didn't know about the negative COVID test until after I had Braden. So, of course, that brought on some anxiety of, do I have COVID? I haven't been anywhere. I haven't been doing anything. So um, am I going to be separated from my baby when he gets here? So it was just a lot of mixed emotions um, when that came about. Um But I will say having um, my partner and having my husband there um, definitely helped to calm my nerves and having him be a person to speak out about everything and ask those appropriate questions while we were there was definitely um, helpful for me. Um, So getting through that, um, after I got to seven, like I said, I stopped progressing 
for about seven hours. So they tried repositioning me on the bed, like making me get in different ways to see if it would help progress, but it didn't. So we were literally in there from about five something when we got there to around four o'clock. And I finally started progressing again. Um, after I progressed, um, the pushing started. So I pushed for about a good 20 minutes. Um, Brayden's head was down and you can tell that he was trying to make his way through the birth canal, but I guess it was difficult for him because he was such a big baby. Um, and the way he was positioned in the womb um, was hard for him to get out. Um, so with every push, his heart rate was dropping. Um, after the fact, Ben told me that he could see that Brayden's heart rate was dropping on the monitor, but he didn't want me to be, get flustered in that moment. Um, so he didn't say anything, but um, his heart rate was dropping and they considered him to be in fetal distress. Um, so decided that the best option would be for us to proceed with the C-section. Now, um, a little bit on the C-section. Um, like I said, my pregnancy was, was great. So I wouldn't think that it would end in me having a C-section. So I definitely had a lot of emotions about that. I was scared. I mean, it was just a lot running through my head because that was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, but at this point, I knew I had to do whatever I had to do to get Brayden here and get him here safely. So, I mean, I said a quick little prayer. Um, and we did what had to be done. So, um, like I said, it was kind of devastating to have a C-section, um, but he was a perfectly healthy baby once he did arrive, so I didn't have a problem. Um, after they did the C-section, um, when they delivered him, they immediately took him to um, the light and all the other stuff they do. You know, they usually show you the baby or whatever, but they took him and took him right over to the table um, come to find out later on, they told us that they had to jumpstart his breathing because he wasn't breathing when he came out. So I guess it was due to um, him being in distress with me pushing in um, the trauma of the C-section. But um, once they did bring him back over, he was fine. Um, I did hear him. He was very loud once they got him breathing. So um, that's a blessing. I'm just blessed that everything worked out. Um and he's here and happy and healthy. Yeah, yeah, Lauren, I really value and appreciate you walking us through your birth experience and pregnancy. I think one of the main things that I got out of it is that you were able to move through um, unexpected situations throughout your labor. And I'm so thankful that we have you so that you can share with us um, what some of those useful techniques look like for you? During your pregnancy, it was uncomplicated and it was pretty smooth. And I laughed because you mentioned I thank Brayden every day because he he allowed me to have a smooth pregnancy. I think that's so sweet. Right. Um, what ideas did you have about pregnancy, about motherhood, about parenting before you actually found out that you were pregnant or when you found out? Like what ideas, what beliefs did you have? Um, So of course, hearing other people being pregnant, I just thought that it would be, um, I mean, I didn't think it would be as smooth as it went. 
I thought I would be sick at least some point in the time. I thought I would be tired, no energy, stuff like that. But I really didn't, I really didn't expect as far as motherhood and going into it. Um, I'm the type of person that I feel like, you know, you have people that be like, oh, that'll never be me or that'll never happen. Um, even as far as the C-section, when I would talk to my friends and my family, they'll be like, oh, well, after you have him vaginally and this and that. Of course, I didn't count out a C-section in my head, but I I never wanted to say that that would be what happened. So I didn't want to be the, oh, that'll never be me type person. So I think that kind of helped when it did come to the fact that I had to have a C-section. But as far as um, parenthood, I'm learning every day. Is is You learn something new every day, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate the fact that you mentioned that you weren't expecting for your birth to end in a C-section, but that you... Um, understood that that would possibly be an option because we know that sometimes birth plans don't actually go as planned. Right. So I can appreciate that reminder from you that it's so important for us to be informed about all of our decisions. Let me ask you this. Did you have a doula or did you take any birthing classes or what do you think helped you to really focus in on that you know, my birth plan may not go the way that I want it to go. So Mm -hmm. a C-section is still an alternative, but um, that's not necessarily what I would want. Okay. So I, um, like I said before, I have a background in nutrition. I used to work with pregnant women. So um, I kind of knew the aspects of of pregnancy and delivery. Um, We used to teach breastfeeding classes and I knew a lot about prenatal, like nutrition, um, I, I knew a lot about the process, but like I said, I would, I would never say, oh, that'll never be me because, um, of hearing different women's stories at the health department and hearing the things that they go through, um, it just kind of made me be more open to things. Um, also I didn't take many birth classes. We had one because of COVID, um, of course the hospital canceled all the birthing classes. Um, they did one virtually, but, it wasn't the same. Like I, I really wanted to have the experience of being there, being surrounded by other prenatal moms, hearing what they had to share about stuff. So I would say that's one thing that I hate I didn't get to do. Um, but having a supportive husband and also um, my mom has a background. She's an RN. So okay. she had a lot of background in that type of stuff too. So those two definitely helped me with a lot. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing like that perspective, because I feel like a lot of times, even for me, for being, um, you know, my own birth experience is I do come from a background where I've worked in women's services and the NICU, I'm doing therapy. And so I know the, the gamut of what, what circumstances could arise during childbirth, um, However, I know that there are quite a few moms out there um, and parents who don't necessarily look at the full scope of how delivery could potentially go. Right. So I, I think that's so important. And again, a reminder for pregnant moms and moms who plan to, to conceive again, to just be mindful and open to the fact that, you know, your birth story can go in a different direction that you wanted it to go. But from your story, it sounds like you were 
you know, pleased in the end. And it, it, it was beautiful. So you mentioned that you gave birth in the middle of COVID. And so that is something that quite a few of listeners and moms who have come on have shared that they've also had to experience. Talk about some of the, maybe the struggles and the things that you work through in order to move through the experience of one, being pregnant in the middle of COVID. And if there was any grief that possibly you had, like wasn't able to have like an actual, I don't know, baby shower or or baby moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what what things were most helpful for you and overcoming those barriers to you getting to experience what some might describe as like what you anticipated pregnancy and birth and all of that to do to be. Okay, so of course COVID did put a damper on a lot of things. Um, my husband was actually able to attend a few of the first prenatal appointments. So I am thankful for that. Like the first time um, we heard his heartbeat, um, the first ultrasound, I think he was able to come to about two ultrasounds before they stopped um, letting us have people there. Um, But I will definitely say it was definitely challenging being pregnant during the pandemic. Um, Like I said, with not being able to have your partner at your appointments, Um, not being able to have, you know, a normal baby shower, seeing all your friends and family and loved ones before the baby. Um, definitely afterwards taking the proper precautions to make sure your baby stays safe during the pandemic. So that means limiting visitors. Um, of course that means you may not have adequate help all the time too, because you don't feel too comfortable with everybody coming in your house with the newborn. Um, so it definitely it definitely took the joy away from some things. Um, like when we found out Brayden was a boy, um, literally all the shopping that we did, everything that we bought for him had to be online. Um, up until a few months ago, I had not been into into a store in like over a year. So um, that that was definitely a, a change for me. Um, but I would definitely say that um, the pandemic made you take a step back and see how resilient mothers are with the things that they go through, um, how we're just able to come back from the things that are thrown at us, especially with motherhood. So like I said, I did look at the positive of that way, but it was a damper in the beginning. It's so interesting to hear you say um to hear you say that, you know, it, it's been so long since you've been in a store. It makes me think about me and uh, Miles, my son, where I didn't know what size his shoe would be because he never has been in a shoe because we haven't been in a store. And so he right. typically just wears, you know, like socks or like if we go out, it's like Crocs or something. But I'm like, what size does he wear? Like, yeah. I had no idea. So it makes me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I heard you mention was not having adequate support. And so talk to us a little bit about, um, I know you mentioned how amazing your husband was throughout and um, delivery and throughout your pregnancy. Talk to us a little bit about how you all found your, I guess your rhythm and what pulled y'all closer together, be it skills, be it, um, different strategies that y'all use in order to figure out what would work best for y'all with the limited support that y'all may have had due to COVID. 
Okay. So I know I mentioned my husband a lot, but I do have to shout out um, my parents <laughs> as well because they were literally there every step of the way. Um, the day I had Brayden, they camped outside of the hospital. Of course, they couldn't come in. They waited there all day until they knew that he was there. And then they brought us food and they left to go back to go back home. Um, so they've been very supportive throughout this process. I swear when I first had Brayden, they were literally up here multiple times a week, um, just checking on us, making sure everything was okay. Um, as far as support, um, me and Ben just literally had to figure out, um, you know, the operations working day to day with the baby. Um, so making sure that we're there for each other, making sure that even though we're devoted to taking care of Brayden, we're taking care of ourselves during this process. Also, um, monitoring our mental health. Um, Ben was off for a few weeks after I had Brayden, but of course he had to navigate going back to work. Um, making sure I'm okay with braiding throughout the day and stuff like that. So I will say it did bring us closer and made us realize um, how deep our relationship is and and how important it is to make sure that you still look out for each other while you have a newborn baby as well. Mm, Okay. Okay. Could you share some gems with us on maybe how, even in the beginning, because I feel like it's such a difficult adjustment be it sleep deprivation, just finding a routine. Sometimes parents, new parents can find difficulty, one, making time for each other, and then two, you know, balancing their own identity with having a newborn. How do you think that you all were able to do it Um I, I was about to say so effortlessly, but I know that there may have been bumps along the way. Right. But, you know, how how were you all able to do it so effectively? I'll say that. <laughs> um, I would say definitely communication was number one. Mm-hmm. So um, talking with each other, you know, if, if we feel like one person's not necessarily not doing enough or if you feel like you need help in this area, Um, just voicing that instead of, you know, you can take on too much. Um, I know I'm the type of person I can take on too much. I have the, I can do it myself mentality. So taking on too much and not, not wanting to ask for help or not, not voicing that you need help can lead to, you know, um, disagreements and stuff like that. So keeping that open line of communication was definitely what worked best for us, um, in the beginning days. Yeah. Yeah. Now move us through. I know you mentioned that your um, that your husband Ben during delivery he picked up on some um, heart D cells that maybe baby was in distress, but he didn't let you know that. And so when you mentioned you know communication and beginning as a newborn, it almost sounds like you all were like really prepared and really in tune with each other, even during um, labor and him knowing what your needs were and how not to maybe interfere with whatever emotional and mental space that you were in. Would you say that that's pretty accurate? Yeah, it is pretty accurate. And he's the type of person that he's going to he's gonna ask a question and he's going to get down to the bottom of it. I mean, he's going to find out the information that he needs to find out. Um, he's very intuitive when it comes to stuff like that. So I definitely appreciated that um, during that whole process. 
Yeah. And I, I think the reason why I'm like so fascinated with this and I'm really trying to wean in on it is because the message to me, at least that I'm taking from it is how important dads can be throughout the labor and even pregnancy and newborn phase. And it sounds like from your experience um, that Ben showed up, like he showed up in in the ways that he knew how, in the ways that worked best for you and that you needed. And I think that's a constant reminder to myself and to listeners to lean into your support as needed, to continue to open those um, channels of communication and um, to kind of allow them to show up for us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think that we do this thing in parenthood where um, we might say like, oh, I got it. I got it. Right. But, like, no, Ben, is, ben showed up and was like, no, nah, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell Lauren about what I'm seeing over there. Right. That monitor like I'm going to keep my babe in a good place so she can focus on bringing sweet Bray into this world. So that's yeah. such, such a sweet reminder. I appreciate you sharing that. No problem. Yeah. So, okay. So we're at delivery and you mentioned that um, you were emotional when you found out that the labor um, was not progressing and that a C-section was what was being recommended. And so when you use the word emotional, I heard that you mentioned that one thing you did was praying. You said, I, I said a quick uh, prayer so as it relates to faith, as it relates to any other coping skills that you use, share with us how you think that those helped you to move through like the unexpected, sudden change that your birth experience had took in that moment. Okay, so um, I will say that one of my favorite verses is Philippians 4, 6, so it tells you not to worry about anything. So that was a constant reminder for me throughout my pregnancy. So, of course, when I said my prayer, I just thought about that and focused in on that. Um, of course, like I said, I, I was emotional because I wasn't expecting it. Um, like I said, with my background um, at the health department, I see women come in from C-sections, crouched over, can barely walk. So all of that stuff was running through my head at the moment. Like, dang, is this how it's going to be for the next few weeks? Am I going to be able to take care of my baby? Of course, I said I got tested for COVID, so I didn't even know about that at the moment either. So it was just like, um, that was my way of pulling myself together. My little prayer saying, you got this. Women are built for this. So you got mm -hmm. this and Brayden will be here safely. So that was just my way of getting myself through because um, it, it happened fast. So I didn't have time to do anything else. So I said my prayer and we got it done. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say that you used the word intentional just now. Um, and I think it's so important that we remember just how powerful that we are in the moments that seem like, whew, this is something that is going to be so tough for me to get through. And it sounds like you leaned on a resource, which is your faith and saying a prayer that was most useful for you. And I right. think that's also a constant reminder um, for myself and for listeners to use the things that we know in moments during childbirth and parenting and motherhood, when we feel like we're in the middle of what seems like a difficult situation. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. I wonder um, 
about your recovery after. Um, and so you mentioned like you, you saw moms come in hunched over, really struggling. What was your recovery like after? Okay. So that's another thing. My recovery from the C-section, I'm, I'm just thankful because it went totally different from how I thought it would go. Um, the next day, of course, you know, they, they don't let you get up and walk around and stuff that day, but the next day I was up moving around. You would have never been able to tell that I had a cesarean. So um, I'm thankful for the quick recovery. I, I mean, I wasn't in too much pain. Of course, they give you pain medication and stuff to take afterwards. So, I mean, I would have to take some every once in a while, but it really didn't affect, it didn't affect me too much. I healed really fast and it healed well too. So um, I'm definitely thankful that it went that way. Um, I think for like a few weeks after I delivered Brayden. Um, like I said, it, it came to me so sudden. I didn't know that I was going to have a C-section. So I kind of, I kind of packed it away in the back of my mind. So I tried not to think about it. Um, I didn't really want to talk about it much, but um, I just now realized that that's how it was. Like literally, like a month ago, I was speaking with my mom and I told her that I don't think I was in denial that I had one, but it, it was just a shocker to me that I had a, a C-section. So I really didn't talk about it for too long. Of course, now I'm, I'm more comfortable talking about it. Um, but once I look back, my, my recovery was really fast and it was really good. So I'm definitely thankful for that. Let me ask you this. Do you think that um, you're able to identify like why it might have been difficult for you to maybe bring awareness to the fact that you had a C-section. I heard you mentioned that like you tried to like tuck it in the back of your head. I myself had a C-section. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious, you know, where you were at with regard to, you know, not necessarily wanting to think about it. Right. I guess because you see moms all the time talking about how they delivered their baby um, normal vaginally, how they had a normal experience. And I feel like, of course, C-sections happen all the time, but it's not the norm. So just thinking about you had to go the route that people usually don't want to go um, and you kind of strayed away from the norm. I think that's that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I and the interesting part is like I've had those similar feelings and have had to, you know, work through and process it with therapy. And I've had another mom on here who has as well. And, you know, I think that a lot of moms who have C-sections can identify with that same feeling of, um, oh, my goodness. I didn't experience, quote unquote, the normal way to do it. Um, even the terms that are used, like I heard you mention like failure to progress. I had that same diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Another mom who was on another episode mentioned the exact same thing. And we, we had a discussion about the terminology, the medical terminology that kind of reinforces the beliefs that society has about what it looks like to have normal deliveries, what it looks like to have um, unusual deliveries. And so when you use the word like failure to progress, like you bring so much like guilt and shame and like you make right. me feel as though I could not do something when I know my body can, right? Like exactly. your body can, your baby, your baby is here and your baby is here safe and your body did that. And so um, I appreciate your transparency and your vulnerability in sharing that with us. And 
I just want to tell you that you are not the only one who has had those thoughts. And I know you said you're just coming around as of a month ago to really processing and dealing with it. Um, and I would encourage you to kind of lean into it. Like, I'm telling you, like there are moments, I'm two years out, Miles just had a birthday on Monday. And I'm two years out and there are moments still where I'm just like, you know, the society's definition or um, idea of what a meaningful birth is doesn't have to be what I believe is a meaningful birth, right? Like right. my birth was worthy because I say it's worthy, not because society yeah. says that a vaginal birth is like the best way to deliver, right? Like not right. Na- knocking any moms who've delivered vaginally, but the truth of the matter is all of our births and all of our birth stories are worthy. And um, it's just so important. And I like literally, I wish I could hug you through this microphone. Like, I'm so appreciative of stories where we get to normalize what people don't necessarily get to hear, right? right. Like, we get to give honor and and just uphold birth stories that don't, quote unquote, look like the norm. Um, exactly. Because it is normal, right? Like if you think about yeah. it, like yeah. it's like just as normal as the next way, and it and it is still worthy, still honorable, all of those many things. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that, and I'm so thankful that we got to um, just send a constant reminder out there to moms who may be listening. Yeah. Yeah. And lean into it, Lauren, like lean into it. Like I'm telling you two years out and I'm still like, you know, like trying to shift my beliefs and continue to like reinforce beliefs that um, give my own meaning to my birth story. Right. Yeah. So important. So important. Um, And so here we are now with baby Brayden and him, I I want to say I saw a video recently. Is he like standing or he is like standing? He's trying to walk. Trying He's to walk. busy. <laughs> yes, yes. So talk to us a little bit about how motherhood has changed you as an individual. Um, and then I would love for you to share how do you think motherhood has um, impacted the way in which you see. Um, just like your family dynamic with you and Ben or extended family, however you'd like to share with us. Okay. So um, as far as motherhood, I think it definitely, I mean, it, it definitely changed me for the better. Um, like I said, it's something, you learn something new every day. So it's just a new experience. Um, um, like I said, I was beforehand, um, before I had him, I was like, I don't think I could be the type of person that stays home. 24 seven with the baby, I'm going back to work. Um, but God has a funny way of telling you, um, your plan is not his plan. So, um, close to November, I think it was before he turned six months. I think we decided that, um, I would stay home with him. Um, and honestly, I feel like it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's just like being around to see him progress, doing new things daily. Um, he's trying to say words now. He says mama and dada. He says all types of He'll copy little things you do. So just being around him every day um, is definitely a wonderful experience, um, being there every step of the way with him. Um, I was always big on family, so I'm a very family-oriented person. Um, 
I'm always in Columbia quite often, you know, hanging out with my mom and dad and my brother. Um, and me and Ben are pretty close knit too. So when I go, he comes as well. We go visit his family as well. So we're both big on family. He has siblings too. Um, so just being able to, um, you know, have Brayden going around our families, bringing our families together for certain events. It just, it just warms your heart to be able to do that with your baby. Um, and especially seeing the love that your family has for the new addition. Um, it just brings joy to your heart. Yeah. Oh, Lauren, that, that, that is actually making me smile. Cause I think it's just <laughs> so sweet and to, to know you, um, and know how sweet and like kind you are. Um, I can only imagine when all of your family get together. I'm sure it's so, so amazing. Right. That, um, it makes me think about you and the change from being a, I want to say you were working full-time, right? Like being Mm -hmm. a full-time, um, employee to, (laughs) But being a full-time employee at home, being a mama, right. but, <laughs> but being a stay-at-home mom, what did you notice about yourself in terms of um, unexpected adjustments that you had to do um, that maybe were difficult? And, you know, if you could drop some gems for the listeners and for myself on what you found to be most helpful in you adjusting to that big change. And then also share with us like how you're maintaining your own identity now that you're a mom and now that you're a stay-at-home mom. So it's funny that you mentioned identity because that was one of the major adjustments for me, making time for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I was the type, especially um, in the first few months, I did not want to be away from my baby. If he goes somewhere, I'm going to, like if we went to my parents' house, I'm going to, I'm I'm not leaving him anywhere. And I, I finally decided that um, I came to realize that moms need breaks too. So you have to take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of the baby. And I will say, of course, I'm bringing up Ben again, but he actually told me that in the early months as well. He said, you need to make time to, you know, go out, get a pedicure, do something for yourself, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of Brayden properly. So that that was one of our other um, conversations. Um, also, just realizing that um, to lean on your support, again, like I said, um, Ben is his dad. He could, He can stay with Ben as well just like he's with me all day. Um, and I can take that time off to do things for myself. Um, like I said, I was the type of person that was like, I'm not going to stay at home all day with a child. I need breaks too. But I couldn't imagine myself not being home with him now. Like even if I do decide to go back to work next week or the month after, it will definitely still be an adjustment for me and he's older. So definitely learning to take that time out for yourself. Um, and that that was what shocked me the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I can empathize with that because I'm a stay at home working mom and it, it can be a challenge and it can be quite an adjustment to figure out how to make that time for yourself. It sounded like you, you know, dropped the gym for us to lean on our support, to maybe shift our perspective in terms of, you know, giving yourself permission to allow other people to 
watch your child and um, be responsible, especially dad, because, yep, he is dad and he is there. So he should be able to do those things also. Um, I, 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 I need to hear that even at two years old, like miles being two. So I appreciate that so much. Do you think that, um, carving out self-care so in those moments during those days where ben is unavailable mom is unavailable your other support may be out of reach how do you manage self-care how do you manage um those difficult moments where you might need to cope and so that could look like yelling that could look like um baby like being restless um you just need in a moment of rest to yourself like what do you think is helpful for you um so definitely I don't know we've gotten into the the white noise thing it kind of relaxes him and it kind of relaxes me as well so playing white noise definitely helps a lot when it comes to those moments where we just need to relax and you know regroup um doing that taking a breather and just taking a step back and um being thankful for the opportunity to even be Brayden's mother and be with him every day. Um, just thinking and realizing that it, it kind of helps me come to terms with stuff and kind of relax. And um, that's my type of self-care, I would say, when I'm I'm left alone with him and I may feel like I'm flustered or something like that. Um, he loves being outside. So us going outside and just sitting in, in our little chairs, just watching the cars drive by or pointing to trees or pointing to animals and just talking. Um, I think that helps a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that. Miles is also an outdoor baby. So we <laughs> we're outside a lot as well too. So that that is definitely something we have there in common. You mentioned that, um, that you're able to um, give to yourself gratitude opportunities. So you mentioned like, figuring out, you know, the things that you're thankful for. And it's so important to do that. I wonder how often do you find that you are, is it like a daily thing for you where you're taking moments to look to the things that you're grateful for, the things that are working well for you? Or is that like a check-in that you have with yourself that's unscheduled? Um, definitely. Um, so Braden's kind of on the sleep schedule now. So when he goes to sleep, I always see myself taking a step back and just being thankful for the opportunity to even be his mom. Like I, I find myself looking through pictures, just being thankful for the opportunity in general. So I would say it's definitely a daily thing for me. Like as soon as he goes to sleep, I don't care how hard the day was, whether he was bouncing off the walls or whatever. At the end of the day, I just always take a step back and I'm thankful for the opportunity to even be his mother. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren. I wanted to ask you before we wrap up, what have you learned about yourself now that you're a mom and you are look soon to be approaching having a one-year-old at some point? Like, what have you, I mean, you're you basically survived keeping someone else alive with your husband (laughs) and getting through day to day uh, while maintaining your own individual self. Like what have you learned about yourself as a mom? Um, So like I mentioned earlier, definitely resilience, Mm -hmm. the ability to like, you know, 
regroup, bring it back together, um, change up in any moment. The just definitely resilience because, like I said, it's it's not easy being a mom. Of course, we both know that, but um, just learning every day, um, putting your best foot forward. You know, just being grateful for everything. Um, and opportunities, um, I think that's what, what I've learned the most. Yeah. Do you think that there's anything that maybe we haven't shared um, or haven't talked about that you think would be important for an expected mom or a mom who is in her postpartum period that you would like for her to know about motherhood, about beliefs, about shifting your perspective, about expectations? Like, is there a gem that you'd like to leave us with that you think another mom um, or parent may benefit from hearing about? Um, With everything, I would definitely say be open to everything. Like I said, never be the type of person that would be like, oh, that'll never happen to me or I'll never do that because life can humble you quickly. So just being open with yourself about certain things. Um, And then also I know certain people can be hard about, oh, your baby's doing this, my baby's doing that. But just appreciate the the milestones in every step of the way. Don't compare your baby to other people. Don't compare your pregnancy to one person's pregnancy. Um, Just be thankful for the little things and that you're able to experience it in general, I would say is my biggest, my biggest advice. Yeah. And I think that's, a really big <laughs> um, piece of advice that is valuable, not comparing yourself and and being open to your experiences. And I think that's something that we can all take, like myself included, because um, there is a whole bunch of years left to, to live <laughs> as right. my continues to grow and I continue to learn, as you said, like you're learning every day. So I think that's a wonderful gem to drop for all of us. Um, And yeah, Lauren, this has been so great. I want to, again, just show my appreciation to you for coming on and sharing your birth story and the progress and all the amazing moments that um, have made you you know, reflect back on your experiences and who you are as a mom and as a person and as a wife. Um, It's been incredible to listen to. And I'm still smiling because I'm like, okay, yep. mm -hmm, Yep. I can, I see that, especially that, that topic of, you know, the C-section, like I'm telling you, if I could like give you like a pound or a high five, I would do it right now through this microphone because that was so needed to be said. So um, I really appreciate all of your words and the encouragement and validation that you have extended just in sharing your birth story, which Mm -hmm. again, is so worthy. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you again so much. No problem. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you take care, Lauren. You too. Okay, bye-bye. As always, it's important for me to know that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as 
therapist, psychiatrist, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.